that See, much. I think this is good because if nothing else, you've learned, we've learned two things from this episode. If another dude sack taps another dude, it's probably in a cool way. And right. if someone on Game of Thrones wants to sleep with someone, it's probably in an incestuous way. That's just yeah. a fact. That's no, just kind of how it goes. It's a fact. Yeah. It is. Hello and welcome to episode number 470 of the podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Knox McCoy. And I'm your other host, Jamie Golden. The podcast is a show dedicated to delightful ADC. We're committed to educating you on things entertaining but do not matter. To find out more about these topical pursuits, check us out at knoxandjamie.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at the podcast. And we're on Twitter at PodcastPod. Thanks for joining us this week as we are going to be doing The More You Know. But before we do that... You know, I know that a lot of you are listening right now and you're like, how can I high five Knox and Jamie for where I am on the planet? Well, I have a perfect way and it's to leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, even if that's not where you listen to us. You simply head to knoxandjamie.com slash Apple and click those five stars and you can even say some nice things about us. A recent lovely five star review came from Chica Ala Chico, who said, the podcast was recommended to me almost two years ago, and I have been an eager and faithful listener ever since. Knox and Jamie are truly a delight. I find myself listening to old episodes on a regular basis because the podcast never fails. I also liked, we got a four-star review from Maddie Seafresh, and he deducted one star because he does really love the show, but he does not like the off-the-cuff, we're anti-pedo commentary. He Why? feels like it's not sensitive. So that's, you know, that's a, but, but guys, I think it's important to be anti-pedo. Hey, spin zone. <laughs> I hate to spin zone this. Sounds like. No. You know what I mean? Okay. So again, go to knoxandjamie.com slash Apple and leave us a five star review. Even if you don't like us being anti-pedo. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. All right, Jamie, somebody, the more you know. The more you know. 
Um, a decent, decent news roundup for us to get to. Uh, what do you we've mean got a the, decent? This is amazing. Are you we've kidding? We've got the Don't Worry Darling main event, but <laughs> let's do some appetizers first. Let's do some apps. Let's do some potato skins. Let's do some uh, mozzarella sticks, stuff like that. Mozzarella sticks, yeah. I want to start with uh, uh, some uh, some people probably who've never eaten mozzarella sticks or potato skins, and it's the uh, RIP to Camila Maroni. Uh, because she's aged out of Leonardo DiCaprio's heart uh, affection bracket. You know, already off topic, I have a friend that ran into Ben and J-Lo at the Malibu Chili Cook-Off this weekend. And I mm-hmm. was like, I bet J-Lo does not eat chili with a sleeve of saltines and a grilled cheese. I, I would right? say you're probably right. But <laughs> I would like to ask Aaron, Aaron, what are we to do with this Jamie who is saying, I have a friend who ran into Ben Jen. I don't know. I feel like this is very, uh, this is a new energy she's bringing in. Like, is Wh- she... What are we to make of this? I, I don't I know, know how to. <laughs> that person did is say. Is this that... Palm Springs, Jamie? This, this person did say J-Lo looks stunning in person, which I believe that. Also, compare and contrast to Ben Affleck. Of course she looks stunning. He looks like he has seen some things. Listen, like he does not look well. Ben Affleck is in full post-family pictures mode where he's trying to keep it nice and tight because he knew he was going to get photographed. And now it is KFC buckets for days and days. Do you think she does a fall photo shoot like in leaves and everybody oh. wears autumnal colors? Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Right? So you got to be ready for that, too. OK, so, yes, Leonardo DiCaprio, beloved actor, Oscar winner environmental activist as evidenced by his 2009 Kids Choice Award called Bing, Big Green Help. Yeah. That's what they called their environmental. <laughs> Big Green yeah. Help! It really help sticks. The- you know, right. really sticks with now, you. Now, Leonardo is soon to be 48 years old and we all know that Leo is the classic avatar for being a player. I mean, Taylor Swift immortalized the status in her song The Man where she wrote, let the players play. I'd be just like Leo in San Tropez. Mm, okay. Good now he has a type, and apparently, um, it is women who are pretty enough to be models because all but one woman he's dated has been a model. Okay, and then yeah. the one outlier is, is is Blake Lively, who is still also pretty enough to be a model. Do you was, so? Do you think it starts with it's number one? Got to be when he's talking to his P Squad guys, which P is uh, I'm abbreviating it uh, for people. Um, who say? That's a, that's a real squad no, he rolls around that. with. Oh, Aaron makes that noise when Aaron goes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to make that noise too because I have to edit this and turn this around in like 30 minutes. So the more you do this, the more it stays in. Oh, guys, let's go. But um, do you think he starts with it's got to be a model or it's got to be under 25 years old? It has to be. The person has to be under 25 years old. I think he starts with model and then he mm. looks at Linda Evangelista and he's like, no, thank you. I don't know what that cool sculpture sure. did to you. Sure. Um, because look, I looked back now and listen, he is an award winning actor who is allegedly worth $260 million. If normals can have a type, like I don't date blonde men because they can't be trusted. Yeah. Then he can have a type too. Do you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. he can have a type. I'm, I'm a, but the funny thing is, so he dated Giselle. I didn't, I forgot that he dated Giselle yeah. for five years. Almost six years he dated her before she married Tom. And then he dated, obviously, Bar Raffaele, who he dated her for six years. So here's the thing. He's not dating always, like, quick, quick, six months, a year. He is dating people like Camila, who he just broke up with. He dated her since she was 20, which I don't love that at all, by the way. Um, And so Trust Little Brother on Reddit, he did a chart, and we'll include a link to it a chart of women Leo has dated and he has never dated no matter his age 
he has never dated a woman over 25. Now, his age changes. Sure. But theirs does not, which is also a Taylor Swift lyric. So. Well, he, he is very much like a the Matthew McConaughey character in, what is, what's the movie where he made his mark? And he's like, they, they I keep getting older, but they stay the same age or whatever. Fast um, Times at Ridgemont High. Is that it? I think that is it. I, th- I think that, that actually it. is it. Thank you. Yeah. But that, yeah, he's living that life. He's actually he being that, that person. Life. And like you said, I it's sleazy. It's scuzzy, but I, a theory I read online that I kind of like is that once women get to the age of 25, yeah. it's not that he grows distasteful of them. It's that a superpower unlocks in their brain and they're like, oh, wait, this guy isn't going to be like, settle down in the suburbs. He's my lobster for life. I got to cut bait with him. No. They're the ones in to get. No, you're exactly right. Because the superpower is their prefrontal cortex fin- finally develops fully. And so they're like... Oh, do I want to be with this script keeper? Because here's the thing I will argue. I don't think Leonardo DiCaprio is particularly hot. Sure. At 48. Like, if you were, like, compare and contrast, like, him with a, like, Idris Elba. Right. They are different levels of hot. Like, very different But you know what makes them hot in terms of status levels? Is one's one's in the beast. One's doing, like, a Disney video game movie with a lion. What happened? Who's at the door? I don't know. What what did you expect to do? You slapped yourself and looked at the door. Like, what's going on? Well, my phone, my phone, my stupid Apple Watch that I hate. Why are you wearing it? I don't are, know. I hate are it. Are your good friends I, Ben and Jen coming to meet you for lunch <laughs> downstairs? <laughs> that was a real friend. That was a real friend. Okay, here's what I will say. I did see my favorite, my favorite tweet was, and I'm not proud of this. It actually was Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro. <laughs> don't love that, to be I honest know. with you. <laughs> Sometimes bad people make good jokes. Yeah. He quote tweeted the news that they had broken up and he said he couldn't stay with her because he had to be present at the birth of his next girlfriend. Wow. <laughs> All right, Ben. That's pretty good. Good you call, Ben. I like it. What if I gave you three women that I think he should date next? You can okay, yeah. Of Love it. Ready? Okay. First, model Kaya Gerber, daughter of Cindy Crawford. She's currently dating Elvis actor Austin Butler. Okay. Who's 10 years older than her. She's 21. She just turned 21. Okay. That's your good. first choice. Second choice. Now, she'll only have a year with him because she's 24, and that is Elle Fanning. Dakota's too old, but Elle Fanning is still 24, so she could work it out. And then my third, and this is an unexpected choice, Greta Thunberg. She's 19, so she's legal. See, Aaron liked that. She's legal, and they have they share a love for oceans and things you sure. know, in the earth. Well, she, like, really does. But he just says he does. And then like. No, he narrated those documentaries. He yeah, really yeah. loves it. Don't worry about the private jets. Like, it's not a big deal. You know, <laughs> it's only a big deal if you make it a big deal. I was going to toss in. I would like to toss in uh, Sky Jackson, Suri Ross from uh, Hey Jesse on Disney Channel. Uh, I, I had to check wait. ages, but I can confirm she's 20. So she does qualify oh, for this. Is she, how cute is she? Is she super cute? Don't. I, you're trying I'm, to. You're I'm, trying I'm to putting tr- you in a corner. <laughs> Madison Fresh. Muff them real quick because Jamie's <laughs> pedo adjacent. <laughs> No, I just I think she wrote like a best-selling book and just like just so you just so you know, just so yeah. everybody knows, it's Vietnam outside my window right now. So there are Why? ambulances, there are police officers, there's all kinds of sirens going on. So if you hear that, I'm okay for now. Like outside the corner of our building when I pulled in, there were all the new all the news outlets were set up and like filming and I was like, "Uh-oh." Is it your friend like, Kevin Costner? Is he doing a movie outside your building right now? <laughs> no, they're just filming the. Well, it's because the police department is next door, so I assumed it was murder related. That's so, tough. That's, that's not what you want. Yeah. I like all three of those options, or four of those options. I think any of them would be. I know. If you're listening, fitting. let us know on Instagram on the episode caption. Let us know who do you think Leonardo DiCaprio should date next? Yeah, or make your, your Helen Hunger Mirren. Games. Is it nomination. Helen Mirren? 
What if he like, what if he zigs when we think he's going to zag? I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't hate that. Do you realize, I looked at his IMDb, he's got uh, Killers of the Flower Moon coming up. He's going to be Jim Jones <gasps> in a oh, really? Jim Jones movie, whatever that's going to be called. He's in a <laughs> shipwreck movie. Shipwreck movies are awesome. Uh, I love shipwrecks. And he's going to be Teddy Roosevelt, which is incredible. What? So, yeah, he's still like the guy. You know, that's that's what I love Idris Elba. As I love him so much. That's why he's different from Idris Elba. And but that's, that's why. My, that's my point. He's a good actor, but he's not a hot actor. You're not like, oh man, I get to stare at him. Like Bullet Train, I was like, well, I'm going to get to stare at some hot people for sure. two hours. Yeah. That is not the case. When, when I see him with a bear, I'm like, well, it's not a hot person with a bear. It's just Leo. But he's status hot. He is like, honestly, the universe is like, hey, we're going to do Jack Nicholson just back to back. Just boom, boom. He's still going to be alive. Oh, but we're going to yeah. run him back. And Jack Nicholson got kind of gross there for a little bit. I mean, honestly, he's still, like when he's doing The Departed, and he's still pulling pretty pretty good chicks. Like it's impressive, but it's a whole different kind of hot. Listen, that's my other favorite tweet of the weekend, which you know, because Leah Michelle, we're not going to talk about it, but Leah Michelle tried to address the issues that she can't read. Right, on- it, she did it by by doing something someone couldn't read. Did right by and memorizing. Bethany, not right. And Bethany, look, good for you, Bethany. Try to make her read on the spot. But my favorite tweet was like, "Hey, how about we name all the men that we think can't read?" And they just went, "The cast of The Departed." <laughs> Incredible. I, I was agree like, with that, that seems fair. That feels fair. All right, picture this. It's finally getting warmer and you're picking up the after work run or a workout, but it's 4 p.m. and you're ready for a little snack to keep you going. What you want is something with clean, wholesome ingredients, but it's hard to find a snack that is great on the go and also fills you up enough to make a difference. Get ready to find out how good healthy snacks can taste with Chomps. We're big fans of Chomps at my house because not only is it so easy and convenient, but it's made with natural ingredients that taste great. Whether I'm prepping for recordings or taking one of the kids to one of their many end-of-year activities, I always have a Chomp stick with me. They're also allergy-friendly, so I never have to worry about one of the kids deciding they want to take it with them. Chomp sticks come in 10 delicious, bold flavors, so there's a healthy snack option for everyone, or grab a variety pack to satisfy your whole family's taste buds. There are even smaller chomplings for a quick snack for any kids in your life. Right now, Chomps is offering our listeners 20% off your first order and free shipping when you go to chomps.com slash popcast. Go to chomps.com slash popcast to see all the delicious flavors and get 20% off your first order and free shipping. That's C-H-O-M-P-S dot com slash popcast. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big, small ones, whether it's the stress that comes with planning a big event, having to redo the electrical in your entire house unexpectedly, or simply having to go on a picnic lunch when you'd rather be home pantless watching your favorite show. Stress is truly a universal experience that if left unchecked can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest and work through anything that's weighing you down, big or small. I've truly noticed such a difference in my stress level since I started therapy years ago, making it a priority and a consistent part of my routine has allowed me to relieve my stress in a very safe environment instead of bottling it all. As someone who has a hard time sitting in my feelings, it's given me the habit of reflection so I can identify and deal with stressors early on before they overwhelm me. BetterHelp is a convenient, flexible, and entirely online, making it easy to stay consistent. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash podcastpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash podcast pod. So the weather's getting warmer and I'm so excited to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to dresses and tees. I'm so glad that I found Quince because not only can I update my wardrobe for the long haul, but I can do it without spending a fortune. Even penthouse Jamie, she's trying to save her cash dollars in this economy. But y'all know how I value quality and I want to find timeless pieces that keep me looking 
effortlessly chic year after year. Now, Quince has just restocked their $40 linen wide leg pant, which I am super bummed to try. They have such a nice drape to them and they're 100% linen, which means they'll be super breathable. And I'll feel like I'm wearing no pants at all, which is my preference. I'm also loving the look of the organic cotton gauze roll sleeve shirt, which is also $40. Guys, true story. Like, they have great pieces. I am obsessed with the cardigan I have and the sunglasses I have. The Leon sunglasses are dope. Their prices truly cannot be beat. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands because they partner directly with top factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics. They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass that savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pop for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash pop to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash pop. This episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsor, Aura Frames. It's Knox here with your annual reminder that Mother's Day is just around the corner this year. Let's think outside the box a little bit, guys. Forget sweaters, candles, or the dreaded bathrobe. They're all so predictable and boring. That's why this year I'm recommending you get an Aura Frame. It's the perfect gift to mix things up and give a gift that shows some real thoughtfulness and is guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. We actually have one of these in our house right now, and we absolutely love it. It only takes about two minutes to set up, and it was super easy. Between all the kids, I was a little worried we'd run out of room, but it has free unlimited storage for photos and videos, and you can invite as many people as you want to contribute to the frame. Now that the kids are a little older, we've added them as contributors to the frame, and it's been really fun to see a few of their photos pop up from events they attend without us. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting auraframes.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's Aura, A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code POPCAST at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Um, okay, let's go. Let's get on to the entrees here. And let's go. How do we feel? And this is the uh, uh, the Venice uh, Film Festival. It, it's replete with tons of news about movies coming up. Uh, but most, most notably, let's talk about Don't Worry Darling and the uh, Ballyhood reception. And honestly, I thought we were going to get some answers. Turns out, Jamie, we just got more questions. Well, that is absolutely true. So we talked about this at length, all the pregame stuff in The More You Know. Last week, I am going to do the fastest recap in in history. So Olivia Wilde, actress, filmmaker, she was on the OC and house. Then she directed Booksmart, a green light of ours. She's partnered personally at the time with Jason Sudeikis, star of Ted Lasso for nine years. They have two kids. Now she gets the rights to a script that was highly, highly competed for, which was don't worry, darling, a period drama slash sci-fi thriller that goes to theaters on September 23rd. She in this movie, she cast Shia LaBeouf, Lawrence Pugh and Chris Pine in the lead roles. Things go awry. Shia leaves the project. Warner Brothers Studio says it's a scheduling conflict. Then Olivia does a profile in Variety two years later and says, no, I fired him for his combative energy. Well, Shia boots up his hotmail. Do you think he has hotmail? What do you think Shia uses? Yahoo I think he or has hotmail? Mail. I think he's just got a flip phone, like a brick, like in Hacks that- season two. All right, so he uh, boots up his Juno.com and he sends an email to both uh, Olivia and Variety disputing the firing. And then a video leaks, likely from Shy's team, where Olivia is begging him to stay on the project. And in reference to Florence Pugh, quote, I think this might be a little bit of a wake up call for Miss Flo. Well, why does this matter at all? Well, when Shy leaves the project, possibly against his will, he was replaced with Harry Styles, who in the middle of production of this film begins a 
torrid love affair with Olivia, which they are still together almost two years later. Um, but this ends her nine-year relationship with Jason Sudeikis and the father of her children. She was publicly served custody papers from Jason Sudeikis while giving a presentation about this movie at CinemaCon 2022. It all culminated in Italy this week at the Venice Film Festival, where the movie was premiering. Florence Pugh announces she's doing no press, which normally at Venice Film Festival, you do a panel of all the main actors and the director, and then you do these kind of individual one-on-one interviews. Uh, and I planned my entire Labor Day around this event happening seven hours in the future. Like I worked my whole day around it. And I waited patiently. Now, at, at the press conference, <laughs> Harry, who is out of his league, he is not a good actor. We've seen a few clips where we really question how many accents he can have in one movie. And he says he has, li- he literally, y'all, he literally says, I have no idea what I'm doing when he's asked about being an actor. I appreciate the honesty. Right? And you see Chris Pine next to him, his whole uh, Berkeley educated American Conservatory Theater body. Because he was like, it's like, because here he goes, it's like a real movie. And I saw Chris Pine leave his body and Astral Project to somewhere else in Italy, maybe Florence uh, per se. But uh, then Olivia's asked questions about Florence Pugh, who is not there. And she says, oh, Florence isn't here because of scheduling conflicts with Dune 2. And as a director, I know how difficult it can be to lose an actor for even one day. At the exact same time she's saying this live, I get a notification that Florence Pugh is literally in Venice posting videos of her wearing head to toe Valentino That's and right. drinking an Aperol spritz door swings open. Honestly, you don't, you never watched pro wrestling. This is a pro yeah. wrestling move right now. So Flo Pete's about to cut a promo and it's going to get real awkward. Fast. It's going to get awkward fast. Well then I like that Olivia was like, Listen, the internet rumor mill feeds itself. Girl, you did a profile in Variety spilling all kinds of tea. You're a part of the rumor mill, okay? And because the call is coming from inside the house. Well, then we go to the red carpet. Florence is stunning. Chris Pine and Gemma Chan, her co-stars in Don't Worry Darling, basically climb her like a tree because they're so excited to see her. Like, magical. And then they have to take a cast photo on the carpet. Guys, watch the video footage of them trying to get in an order where someone's not going to kill another person. Right. Because Olivia and Harry are trying not to be seen together. Like, as if, you know, because part of the drama is you hired Harry, who's not a good actor, and then you left your partner of nine years and the father of your children to be with him. Right. Like, not cool, not cool. And, and by the way, not cool to Harry Styles. He knew she was in a committed relationship. So that's also because I feel like she gets the hit. And I don't understand why the the mister or the mistress don't get the hit. Or I don't or honestly, mistress. I don't understand why she's getting a hit because it's not like this has not been done a billion times before. Exactly. No, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. And well, I just for him, I just feel like he's doing Russell Brand from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And he's just like, <laughs> if you do you want to have sex, I'm going to have sex. I, I'm sorry. I expect you to be a big boy, big girl. And know if you're in a committed relationship. That's not my fault. That's your issue. Listen, I don't know who didn't prep him for all this press, <laughs> but he no talk good. But in a British accent. I don't know if that gives him two points. Yeah. Because he's like, it's like a movie, but like a real movie. But like, like a real movie. <laughs> Do you think that's why he did his collar like he did it? So it would distract from like, whoa, I don't think he's good at what he's doing, but I can't stop you looking guys, at this freaking collar. <laughs> I know. Look at this cheetah print Gucci bag that doesn't have anything in it. Does that make you think I'm good? Like, Man. Well, so go and the theater because this was a premiere they go inside the theater and they sit in the front row that's how it always goes the cast sits in the front row and they watch the film so the order of seating is olivia's on the end then chris pine then harry styles then Gemma chan 
than Floyd Pugh. And then my favorite, bringing up the rear, Nick Kroll, which is my Did favorite. you remember he's in that? Because I, I did remember, not. No, because I was like, oh yeah, he's in three seconds of the trailer. And I did think, what's Nick Kroll doing here? But Harry goes to sit down, because they announce each person. Harry goes to sit down next to Chris Pine. And then he leans down and he purses his lips and he appears to spit on Chris Pine. And Chris Pine visibly recoils and yep. starts laughing almost absurdly. And I personally, right then, wrote a strongly worded uh, Juno.com email to HBO Max asking for a limited series that is a behind the scenes of this film. Because okay. I would watch every second of that. Now, are you interpreting this, the, the spaddle to be hostile or more gregarious and good natured? I... I, it's complicated, right? Because I look, I'm out there on these Hollywood streets, right? Okay, I'm the Woodward and Bernstein meeting yeah. deep throat at the McDonald's play place, hanging out and, with all your friends, but also saying I will get intel on you guys. You know, well, I'm at, listen, not chili cookouts, like knowing what's up with you. No, and I did at at five forty two a.m. this morning. Deep throat texted me. Yeah, this is a different person that saw the person that, that saw Ben and J Lo. I got okay. all kinds of friends. Okay. okay, would you like to hear the intel? I want to know an answer to the spit question first. I don't know if that's that what is, you're doing. That is what, yeah, okay, that's what I'm you. doing. Okay, got you. Okay, so this is what they said. First, Olivia is drama, confirmed. But so is Jason Sudeikis. Like, crazy versus crazy. It's a competition. You know those papers that were served? Actually, either one of them could have staged that. That's the level we're at with these two. Okay. Okay, and second... Um, Olivia and Harry are definitely still together. Any distance shown on the cameras was just for the cameras. They are still together. And then third, <laughs> the person said, shy is insane. In effing sane. Don't ever forget. Yeah, that tracks. Then, Honestly, right, it does. Right, it does. It does. And then fourth, my theory is it's not spit. My theory is he said a rude word and spittle came out when he called him the name. Mm, okay. 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 And And then they came back to me later and said uh, updates uh, Chris and Harry spoke after the event and laughed about it there were no signs of issues between Harry and Chris okay that that's my theory that this is just guys being dudes okay yeah. this is just like a sack tap you know you don't it's not aggressive when you see Wait, a guy and you, ta- you, you tap you him on ta- the sack that's well, not no you don't you don't tap him on the sack you tap I mean, him on the butt or you go deep under what you think you think it'd be weirder <laughs> you think it'd be like cooler to be like hey little little booty booty pat great job bud I see, see you I out see there sports people boot pat on the booty all the time you're not wrong that's weird honestly i'm here to tell you, you that's think weird the booty okay so you're saying for everyone yeah. that a booty pat is weirder than yes. a sack tap i've never been more you're convinced going on record okay or okay. sure of anything because the thing with <laughs> with male bonding is it has to be laced with something right it has to be laced with animosity or physical violence if you okay. just if you just tap someone on the butt it is so denuded of oh. meaning that you're like why did you do that 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 makes me uncomfortable so it's live laugh sack tap like i think uh if he would have hawked a loogie on him that's aggressive Okay, but like oh, yeah. a gleek, me, like, a, like a light is spittle, that is, that is totally fine. That's totally fine. Yeah, and I think, here's what I think went down behind the scenes. I think, because later, uh, Florence Pugh's stylist posts a picture of her in her Valentino, and the caption is Miss Flo, and it is liked by Florence Pugh. I think what happened was, because, oh, and then leak. sorry, I left out the best part, text leaked from Shia to Florence Pugh yesterday. Uh, back and forth screenshots of text between the two of them and they were on very good terms now 
now the funny thing was she does confirm in those texts that she was not going to rehearsals like she was not showing up for rehearsals okay and he was like hey and she had a friend die she was like i had a friend die i'm taking care of some family and 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 he tells her before he even lets the the studio know hey i'm leaving the project today sure and she was like oh no and she even at one point in the text says hey can i call you right now do you have a minute i want to vent about the movie so i think all of this was harry's presence on set caused a chaos that pissed off all the working actors on the film i think that's what happened and then when olivia starts an affair with him i think it only elevates like what the h you know it's different like when a darren aronofsky starts dating jennifer lawrence because you're like but we're all going to be professionals well i don't i say that loosely for darren aronofsky but we're all going to be professionals about this why why are you saying that loosely about darren aronofsky well you know he has that whole history of being like complicated complicated i don't know that but go to his wiki go to his wiki and uh but i think like if everybody had stayed professional but like harry felt like it's weird to replace Shia LaBeouf at that time where we didn't know anything about, you know, him making up all the abuse sure. allegations against his father. We didn't know that yet. Yeah. And for him to be replaced with Harry Styles, like you had said, a guy that only had a one minute line in Dunkirk. Yeah. <laughs> like it felt like an odd replacement. Like that doesn't feel like that's who it feels like a Timothee Chalamet, maybe. Yeah. You, or a Tom Holland. There's somebody else there that's a better fit. It feels, I don't know if this is exactly uh, a great parallel, but it feels like when Tiffany Amber Thiessen went to 90210 and it was like, we got some heavy hit. We got Dylan McKay here. We got Jason Priestley here. We've got Tori Spelling here. We got Jenny Garth. Like, these are some premium actors, okay? (laughs) These are some um, artisanal performers. And you're bringing Kelly Kapowski in here. I love Kelly Kapowski. I just don't know that this is her place. Does that make sense? No, I I know you're making fun and you're exactly right. (laughs) That is on point in every way. I listen, the winner out of all of this truly is Chris Pine. Like Chris Pine leaves and because especially his reaction to the spit, he doesn't like chest up. He's just like laughing and being like, "Uh oh, yeah, what's happening? This is crazy. And I liked uh, Nicole Tersigny on Twitter. She wrote, this is the best tweet that encompasses Chris Pine in this situation. He said, Chris Pine is the Diane Keaton of Brad Pitt's. And I was like, oh my God, is that accurate in every way? Okay. Okay. That's a, that's a is, bit of a thinker, but I like Well, that. because a lot of people, when I posted pictures of Chris Pine, they were like, uh, that's a middle-aged woman. Okay, like that's, th- that's, that's kind of what I wanted to get to because uh, you said Chris Pine's the, the big winner of all this. I kind of think we need to go another Chris America pageant because I don't okay. know where we're at with him, you know? Because I, I, I know, know he is like probably – Harry Styles like, what have you done? And you're like – he astral projected out of there. He probably astral projected right into Wonder Woman 2 when – where he, like he <laughs> literally played a character that did that, you know, and it wasn't great. So I don't know right. that he has a leg to stand on. also don't know – like why does he look like swinger Willy Wonka? At this place, you know, and am I into that sexually? Yes, honestly, Harry Styles and Chris Pine both look like key party Willy Wonka's at this premiere, and I just don't know what's happening. Let me tell you who lost in all of this. The biggest loss is for sure the people who love Harry Styles because they are conflicted in every way. They're like, because a lot of Harry Styles fans, I think they're called Harrys, right? Harrys, they are very upset. Are they called Harry? They're not. It's not very original if that's what they're called. Um, Harrys are sad. They want success for Harry. They already don't like Olivia for the most part. They don't like that vibe. 
Because I think all the Harrys think they're going to end up. They're called stylers. Stylers. Okay, that's better. I like that. Why are you called stylist? Isn't that like, what? You just missed it. I don't See, the, so the, the fans of Russell Brand and Forgetting Sarah Marshall, to bring it back to that movie, they're yeah. called the Soul Suckers, I think, which Kristen <laughs> Bell's character did not like because that implied some some stuff. What, what does she, it imply? I mean, you've used your imagination, you know. Okay. Well, I look, I do think – now, here was the, ba- the worst part. All – once the premiere started, all the movie reviews had been embargoed until – this moment and they came out and let me tell you my favorite review was it's not as bad as you think it's also not as good as you think uh one critic said it was the version of a fake tan the movie version of a fake tan that didn't feel nice it did get a four minute standing ovation although listen talk about petty the comedy is because at venice film festival everything is measured by how long the standing ovation is which we'll see in a minute and uh florence (laughs) <laughs> she is doing everything in her power not to look down the row towards Harry and Olivia. So she keeps clinging to Nick Kroll like he is her only life raft, which I think even Nick Kroll was like, what's happening? Are we dating now? Are we together? You did date Zach Braff. So I could be on the table, but she left at the three minute mark. She like leaves the theater because she does not want that ovation to go on look, because she it, doesn't want, I love I, the pettiness of that is a treasure. Well, like, I think I the it. pettiness of I'm not going to be there because I'm, I'm, I'm doing stuff on Dune. I've got Dune duty, and then I roll up in the middle of the. That's pretty. That's as petty as it gets, and I love yeah. it. But I, I, I do agree. I think there's part of her is probably like, uh, and this is probably the, my biggest no of the whole Venice uh, situation is let's enough with these ovations. It's ridiculous. I it's agree. so stupid. It doesn't even think about what we're doing here. There's a movie that we just watched, and we're smacking our phalanges together for 12 minutes. Really? Now, let's see if Erin agrees with you on the next uh, line item for the Venice Film Festival. If she agrees with you that this ovation was not Well, hold on. I'm not done with Don't Worry Darling because I I feel like the scrutiny that this movie is getting where it's like, you know, it's whatever you said, like it's like a fake tan. Um, I feel like (laughs) I I was thinking of directors who get away with stuff like this and who aren't – because I think my thought process was, I feel like I'm trending towards Olivia Wilde a little bit, you know, of, of feeling like she deserves a little bit more empathy. And I feel like it's starting to pile up on her a little bit because I like think of Colin, someone like Colin Trevorrow, who does um, one decent indie and then he gets a Star Wars movie that gets taken away from him because he makes Book of Henry, which is people have said it's the worst thing the human race has ever done. And then he does like Jurassic Park movies or Jurassic World movies or whatever, which is probably like the second worst thing humans have ever done. But like no one goes after him like this. So I don't understand why we're going after Olivia Wilde with this degree of scrutiny because it's not even like this movie costs that much. It's just a confluence of drama. So I feel I'm starting to feel... I'm, I'm tipping the other way towards Olivia, like wanting to support her a little bit. Because again, at the end of the day, she made a good movie in Booksmart, a great movie. And oh, a that's great a movie. lot more than, uh, than some of these guys who are getting off scot-free can say. Well, and I do think Olivia Wilde will come out from this. This will be just a part of the, the narrative of her memoir. That's all this will be. I think she will recover quickly. I think she probably did direct a great film. I think what happened was if she had just not done, truly, I mean this, if she had just not talked S-word in that variety profile about everybody, I don't think this would have blown up in the way that it did. Yeah. Because I think if she had just said, if she had never, because she was the one that was countering the narrative which was he Shia left for scheduling combo. It would never have prompted Shia if she had just stuck to that narrative of like, no, I didn't fire. Like, 
And he's like, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have leaked videos. You're not wrong, but I think the weird thing is he probably did leave because of his combative energy. No one oh, wanted yeah. to rehearse with him because he's insane. You know what I mean? But that's just not what's on tape. So it's starting to pile up against her. But uh, it, it's just, uh, it's it's funny to, to watch. Everyone gets so mad at her about Harry Styles. Meanwhile, James Cameron, Darren Aronofsky, Steven Spielberg, Ben Stiller, all these guys have dated their co-stars or their yeah. stars of their movies. And no one is freaking out about that, you know? Yeah. I just fundamentally, I don't understand why we're applauding for more than 10 minutes. I, I think 30 seconds max. That should be a new rule of, of government and, and the world and of humanity. No but one needs more than 30 seconds. how will we know which one's seconds. the best? How will we know which one's the best? If because it's you not just the review it or you interview it. I feel like that is so Euro- primitively European. Just be like, we clapped for 38 minutes instead of using our words to well, say Listen, things. I will agree with that. Listen, as far as uh, anything, any, any film festival held in France or Italy, I just feel like the bar is low. Yeah, I said it. And I know that some of you are like Francophiles and you're like the best movies ever read. Well, when Marion Cotillard can do a Midwestern accent, let's have a conversation. But until then, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Listen, French New Wave was like 40 years ago. Can come up with something new? Okay, do a new thing, please, for the love of God. I just, I wanted to ask you, is it mean if I say that Nick Kroll looked like the best version of a wax museum figure of himself at this premiere? Yeah, like almost like uh, it, the museum was having a, a party at night. A little a bit. He looked great. And I they just... put him in a, no, no. His stylist did not show up. You cannot be next to Harry Styles. Okay. And even Olivia Wilde looked stunning. I thought her dress, if people were saying she looked like a big bird. I was like, she looks stunning. She looks so pretty. You're standing next to all these people and he looked like a maitre d' from a mid-tier restaurant. I would rather look like a maitre d' at the place the bear is based on than uh, <laughs> open marriage Ken doll like Harry Styles and Chris Pine. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm into open marriage Ken dolls, I think. Listen, let's talk about you're something Aaron's inter- into. You're interested in, you're interested in tapping sacks? I'm interested in... Uh... I'm not. I'm interested in normalizing <laughs> male bonding through sack tapping. Uh, right, right, right. Listen, I, I, have, uh, I have had sacks tapped. I have tap sacks. I have spit on people. And I know the difference between all of them. Okay. I know one had animosity. One did not. And that's just like. You should do a reel about this and just walk through like the science of it. Like the the, the psychoscience of it. Like, okay. Okay. This is what a sack tap is. Yeah. So it starts like, so you just got honked a loogie on. What does that mean? Well, yeah, like because that. you have your, and you have your cardboard cut out now. So you could do it on yourself. I do. Don't do that. I don't like that. I don't like <laughs> what that. What does it mean if like men are affectionate towards one another um high five you know fist bump you can Hugs, hug like you can hug and then you hit on the back i always know guys are always constantly like bam, back slaps bam, when they back hit. slaps yeah, are back good slaps. but also sack tap that's that's a fun way to be like i love you but i'm still going to like bust your balls you know what, what about I mean? like, kiss on the cheek what about kiss like on each cheek i mean that's not my speed but i'm not here to yuck yums you know like right, whatever right, what, however you right. want to con- convey to your boy that you care about him that's okay let's normalize that's right. that you know what i mean uh, i feel like mm-hmm. you guys are actually being like uh, reverse misogynistic <laughs> about this you're trying no, to shame legitimately yeah we're, no, we are We are here to learn from the leader. We are her, we You're are a learn. scientist. That's I'm right. trying to understand. We're trying to understand, are these guys that we know, are they into each other or are they not? Okay. Well, just send your questions to me and I'll be like, that was that okay. was actually a good uh, exchange or that was like an aggressive okay. exchange. You we'll need do to watch that. out for okay, that. Okay, good, good, good. Um, let's, can we talk about the whale? Can we talk about, can we <gasps> Aaron, talk you ready? Aaron are you okay? Are you whale? stable? Can you talk about the whale? I'm so emotional. <laughs> Is, I, I'm, I'm a little frustrated because there's just not a lot out there there's a trailer you know there's some still photos and imdb list and that's about it um but i I, uh, by all accounts this got a rousing 
uh, a round of applause in Venice. Okay, so The Whale is a psychological drama. It's filmed and direct- Well, let me do that again. The Whale is a psychological drama that's directed by Darren Aronofsky. You know Darren Aronofsky of Requiem for a Dream and The Wrestler and Black Swan and Mother! Exclamation point. And now, and Noah. I forgot that he did Russell Crowe's Noah. Um, and then this movie stars Brendan Fraser. Sadie Sink, Hong Chow, Samantha Morton, and Ty Simpkins. It prem- it premiered at the Venice Film Festival. It's going to be released in America on December 9th, uh, which is, that is high Oscar competition time. So That's that right. feels like we're setting it up for uh, Oscar buzz. And it's an A24 film. And it's about a 600-pound middle-aged man named Charlie who tries to reconnect with his 17-year-old daughter high five to Sadie Sink she looked dynamic like she she looked good every time she turned around and then uh uh he he the he and his daughter grow apart after Charlie abandons his family for his lover who later dies it's really upbeat Charlie then uh goes on to binge eat out of pain and guilt uh so this film like it's gonna be at the Toronto Film Festival where Brendan Fraser is already getting a tribute award for the performance in this film. So, Aaron, how what was it like? Because he got a six-minute standing ovation, which Knox is, is not cool with. What are you how supposed do you to do for it? six minutes? What can someone do while everyone claps you for six cry. minutes? It's you want, you want, yeah, I just, I want him to feel the love now, that look, has been missing. He can have 60 minutes. Life. I'm talking about, in ju- <clears throat> this just feels like, like a church when you've got one of those churches that aren't super organized and they have you standing <laughs> up and sitting down for 14 worship songs because there's fellowship, there's baptism, there's communion, there's announcements, there's a skit. It's like, block this off, okay? <laughs> we're going to worship and then we're going to do all that stuff because you don't have to sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up. It's ridiculous. It's just so efficient. It makes me crazy. I agree with that, but I I think we have an accept the Brendan Fraser exception. Yes, he 100%, gets to have 100%, yes. He gets to have as many standing ovations as as we deem necessary. Of course, yeah, absolutely. You know, and Brendan Fraser, I'm glad for him because, you know, he's kind of been off the radar. He was in the Greenlight movie that I love, No Sudden Move, uh, on HBO Max. He had a part in that and he was great in it. And that was like in 20 uh, that was in 2021. And then he's going to be in Killers of the Flower Moon That's right. as well. And right. uh, and he, but then he's also he was in Batgirl that now no one will ever see. No one will so, see. So he's going to be in Mummy Freaking Four, as we know, uh, casting. You mo- know, yes, yes. People are reaching out just to make you know Zach Efron's people are talking to different people. It's just so like you a whole have thing. Hollywood friends too. Of course, of course, of course, we all do. <laughs> I, you know, I. Do you guys ever see the Cutting Edge, the DB Sweeney ice skating movie, figure skating? Uh, what what are what are you even asking? I always I always wanted Brendan Fraser to to be in that. I feel like he should have been that guy. I feel like oh. D.B. Sweeney got a little fresh with him, you know, and then that should have been Brendan Fraser. God, he would have been a perfect, like, hockey player turned. God, that's such a good baby. I could watch a cutting edge a million times. It's a good one. That's a good one. That should Topic. be a side piece. Topic. Um, yeah. So, I, look, I, 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 I saw that this was about, you know, obviously there's a lot of different issues and themes in, in this movie, but I saw it's a lot about emotional eating. And I thought I've, I've oh. resonated with that because I've been oh, emotionally yeah. eating myself recently. I wanted to see if you guys had been emotionally eating and what, in fact, you had been emotionally eating. My husband literally asked me if I was going through something the other day <laughs> because uh. I was eating trail mix in bed. <laughs> don't you eat in bed all the time, though? <laughs> no, I don't really. Listen, Aaron and I talked about that. We have to figure out, like, because let me tell you what we, I learned scientifically. Uh, Delta 8 gummies are an appetite stimulant. 
So mm. sometimes I'm laying down on my couch and I'm just like reaching for anything. That, yeah. And it's normally saltines. It's because I was like, what can I eat that I can eat a lot of, but it won't be problematic. You trying and to so, choke yourself? Why are you just eating saltines <laughs> randomly? Well, What's happening? And listen, that you think that's funny. But listen, a couple of times I've had to sit up and be like, <laughs> <laughs> too dry, too dry. Meek, the meek. Driest material on God's green earth here. I know. I have to go get my milk. So that Aaron, I got my milk. You cannot eat trail mix in bed. That is such a party foul. That's that's not even a sack tap. That's a I rude sack tap. Wait, because trail mix, you just a trail mix. You've got to eat something that you know is not going to crumb it up. And trail mix is a classic crumb it up. So the heart wants what the heart wants. What, what would, are you eating? What are you eating, Knox? As I've, your emotional. I've started because I feel like you're going to say smoothie or acai bowl. And I'm I don't like your attitude. Number one, number two. No, that's not it. Uh, it's been uh, Oreo double stuff or mega double stuff. I've, I've rediscovered these, and uh, I just... How do you eat them? Do you twist off the top, or do you just go straight in? Straight. I just raw dog those things. Boom, 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 uh, boom. Multiples. Wow. Multiples at a Multiple. time. That's and I can't bad. stop. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. I mean, it literally is. Well, if is. you can't stop, you need. there needs to be an end date on sure. how many you can eat. This is di- that's talking diet and dietitian <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> Gotta stop eating Oreos eventually. Eat whatever you want. Guys, listen. Don't be a pedo and eat whatever you want. Yeah. Don't and don't listen. Even despite what Maddie C. Fresh says, don't listen to our show. We don't want you here. Okay. Um, let's talk about. We'll, we can talk about this one quickly. This is Banshees of Inishirin. Um It's just fun yes. to say. Uh, we almost talked about the trailer a couple weeks ago, but we didn't end up uh, talking about it. But this That's is right. from this is Colin Farrell. This is uh, Donald Gleason's dad, Brendan Gleason, Matt I. Moody, and this Donald, is Donald Gleason. Nope, nope. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that with him. It's Domnall. You spell it like an listen, idiot. I pronounce it like an idiot. Listen, did you see Colin's character's name in this? No, it's I like, didn't. It starts with a P and then has 29 letters. God so I it. look it up to figure out how to say it. And it's just Paul Rick. And I was like, <laughs> Ireland, why do we need all those consonants to say it. something like Sersha? I don't understand why you're spelling things. This way. I get the Gaelic. I get it. This movie, this was written and directed by Martin McDonough, which, mm. let me be honest with you, is normally uh, a negative for me. Because he wrote and directed three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. And I and, hated that film. And he just did oh, – I'm going to look up what he did recently, and I hated that too. And I realized uh, it's very clean for me. When he stays in the U.K., love him. When he tries yeah. to meander into the Midwest and make it sound like the South, hate him. Don't and come so, to America. So this is not in America, so I can't wait to see this. It's going to be great. But I know he has good taste because he's been dating Phoebe Waller-Bridge for like four years. So I know he has good taste. It's just complicated. So Colin Farrell plays Parik. It's about conflict arising between two friends when one of them abruptly ends their friendship with alarming consequences. For both of them. So this is scheduled to be released on October 21st. Also when Midnight's is coming out by Taylor Swift. And it's got, uh, I do like the idea that Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Look, Colin Farrell, I just feel like he is maybe right now, I'm going to say it. I think he is the best working actor alive right now. Hmm. That's a that's a big, bold statement. I'm going to spend some time with that. Because who would be his competition? That's why I say that. Because everything I feel like Colin Farrell is in, I leave going, well, he added so much. Like, he brought so much to that. And it was so important that he was there. He does. Look, the I can't really count on you because I'm distracted because Martin McDonough, I just realized he looks like old Stifler with crazy eyes. So that's just the whole thing I'm going to have to work through. <laughs> does. And I think that's why Phoebe's into it. <laughs> Which like, I get it. You know what? But um, I think he, I, I do think he has Brad Pitt disease, which is character actor and leading man body face, you know? So I think yes. he would be, I think you're right. There's something to him. He is just, he brings so much to every single role he's in, but he's almost distractingly hot when he does it. 
He's too hot. But you like in 13 Lives, I liked him as, I mean, I kind of liked him as the penguin. Mm-hmm. Like, like so I'm I'm like in, I'm into him. So I'm interested in watching this. It got a lot of good reviews. It got a 15-minute standing ovation, the longest at the festival's run. If so. I'm anywhere and I'm expected to abide by social mores <laughs> and let people clap, I will walk around and punch every single person in the face who is trying and to And that's not affectionate, face. right? When you punch people in the face. Okay, that's sorry, revise. Affection. I will hawk a loogie on every single person who's doing this. <laughs> okay, good and they know. will know that that is not affectionate. This episode is brought to you by Pear Eyewear. I just love a reason to celebrate a niche pop culture themed holiday, don't you? Whether it's April 25th, known as the perfect date, when all you need is a light jacket. If you know, you know, or better yet, May the 4th. I'll gladly go all in. I was trying to think of a fun way to decorate R2 Dusty in honor of this most holy day of the year. And then I found out that Pear Eyewear just launched a Star Wars themed collection. Now I think I might have to celebrate by getting some new top frames for me instead, because the force is just that strong in their newly launched Star Wars collection. You guys, I'm not even joking. These frames are so adorable. And when I saw that they had a Grogu gradient, I could not contain my excitement. They have 21 unique designs that are all perfectly niche in the most delightful way. Their interpretations of familiar Star Wars icons are like fun Easter eggs that you can easily snap onto your favorite glasses whenever you're in the mood for a change. I love that their frames are so affordable at just $25 and that changing them is so easy. Hearing that little snap when you change out your frames, so satisfying. From legendary battles to formidable icons, these epic designs are for true fans. And whether you side with the Rebels, the Dark Side, or the Mandalorian, Pair Eyewear has got you covered. One pair, infinite possibilities. Go to PairEyewear.com and use code POP for 15% off your first pair and support the show by mentioning that the podcast sent you in your post-checkout survey. That's P-A-I-R-Iwear.com, code POP. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com um, Okay, let's do What's the Word? And uh, I want to talk to you about the Rings of Power premiere. Have you watched these? And if so, what did you think initially? I have. And my word would be luxurious. Mm. Listen, I loved it. Now, I to be fair, context, I have read Lord of the Rings, and that is thick. I It's not for me. There's too many things to keep up with. I love the original three movies. Like, love them. Like, Aragorn is everything to me. And I loved it. I loved the Little Hobbits. I loved it. Now, the, sec- the second run... Um, other than Martin Freeman yeah. being Bilbo, that was it. That was the only thing I really except tiny little pole dark. I liked him. Okay. I was into sh- I was into a shorter pole dark, but I didn't love those movies. This listen, and here's what I will say because I've watched House of the Dragon, and I know this is going to be controversial, and you're not going to like it. But I think the production value of the Rings of Power makes House of the Dragon look like a Chuck E. Cheese animatronic matinee show. Oh, you that's can, just you, true. That's not right. that's not scandalous. Okay, that is okay, just real. Good. Because yeah. I like House of the Dragon. I've been watching it, and I it's it, it brought back all my like happy feelings. Although TikTok keeps trying to ruin it because they keep showing clips from Game of Thrones that tells you how House of the Dragon is going to end. I'm like, hey, Fine. I didn't remember that. Please stop doing that. I don't want to see Joffrey anymore. Sure. Like, Get out of here. But those Harfoot people, are they Harfeets? Harfoots? Harfeet? Look, honestly, so my word's opulent. 
because you can you can see how you expensive this is. It. It's incredible. Uh, it's it looks incredible. brilliant. It's so well done. Um, the Harfoots storyline is the one I just don't care for. I just I don't care that you're you're folksy and you're noble and like you're nomadic, but in a cool way. I need you to be interesting. <laughs> That's what Listen, I need I from you like right now. If anything has ever defined you more, it's that sentence that you just said. F- you're being folksy? No. Yeah, you are. Here's, <laughs> you need to be here's a bee. Do you want that in exchange what? for some bread? I'm like, Listen, I just, I want a storyline. What about line. their little That's matted hair children? What about their little matted hair children? Don't care. I want to know more about that wolf. And I'm, maybe I'm on the side of the wolf of like, let's just like trim some of the fat of the storyline and just get all these guys out of here. I will say, hat tip to them, they let their people of color talk more than the House of the Dragon does. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I will say this. I just, I told Aaron, I was like, it's almost too many shows led by Aryan children. Okay. I don't know that I'm, I can handle it. You sure. know what I mean? And listen, I will say the thing that I hated the most about the Lord of the Rings movies, the original ones, was Kate Blanchett. I hated her. Why? And I hated her more than uh, Liv Tyler. And Liv Tyler was awful. But it's because all the women, Peter Jackson made all the women talk like this. Yeah. And talk really slow. Well, what do you and expect I, from fantasy bros? That's just what they're going to do. I okay, get it's called fantasy bros. I'm glad for a reason, that they Jamie. didn't make I'm glad they didn't make the younger version of her. And how much does Elrond look exactly like the guy that played Elrond? He looks uh, okay. exactly like him. This is where we're switching roles because Uh-oh. I knew all the Game of Thrones and the Harry Potter character names. I don't know any of these names. Oh, so Elrond I, is the younger elf that's like get on my boat. <laughs> Is I have. And she's I, like, I'm gonna get on that boat, and then she's like, Nope, I'm getting off the boat. Spoiler. I've got him as political elf. That's who. Yeah, I think political he elf is. looks okay. like the guy from the Matrix. What's his name? They, um, uh, they're the same. Right, they the, look the same. No, right? they're the same actor. El, Elrond in the movie is Mr. Smith. Okay, I think in Jamie the, is saying Mr. Uh, the agent from Matrix, is, right. like Hugo Weaving. Yeah, and, right. And, and is Aaron Elrond, is saying Elrond is Hugo Weaving. <laughs> right. Is that and what I'm like, hearing? No, 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 they're the same. <laughs> they are. Aaron, the you're same saying the same thing, but it doesn't mean anything more. Do you know what I mean? Okay, I'll just go back to my corner. Yes, but like the actor who now plays Elrond, who is different than Hugo Weaving now, allegedly, he looks like he looks just like him. It was like disturbing. I, it, like, it, I, I feel wow. like they cast really well because they did. Uh, the uh, Galadriel. Um, she's great. You said she's a child. I think she's like infinite years old, so she's not a child, technically. No, she's not a child. And I, what I really meant was the matted children and then the children, when they were children. Listen, I do love a show that's like, are they children? Nope. Fast forward a thousand years. Great. Like, I did love like that. that a lot. Let's get, like, let's get more fast forwarding. Um, I like the storyline between the brooding hot soldier um, <gasps> and, the, and the cougar healer. I like that story a lot. Listen, that cougar healer, that's a lot of breasts for you to be like wearing an apron. There's, I just don't look, understand why you don't have an undergarment, girl. There's no way you're walking into a pub filled with degenerates <laughs> like I saw and no one's saying something inappropriate. You know what I mean? There's just, there's I kind of no liked people being mad at humans and being like, I know it's been a thousand years, but you're still <laughs> I kind of like that a lot. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, I think the more uh, Aaron alluded to it last week, and it's turned into a strength. The fact that it's not so closely tethered to the movies or any of the super boring books, it just yeah. lets it kind of be whatever it's going to be, while having some moments that like, oh, I recognize that, or I know who that person is. So I've I've really enjoyed. I, I was very down on this. And we talked about it last week. I thought these guys haven't done anything. How's this going to go? How's this going to look? First two episodes, I was really impressed with. But it just—it almost doesn't look CGI'd at all. No, it looks like they built. Ev- and we're talking about 
here. It's winter here. It's summer yeah. here. It's like so many things. And and I noticed that when I opened my Amazon app, that's the first time I've ever got an ad from Amazon in my whole life. Like immediately yeah. they were like, Rings of Power. Have you heard? Have you heard? Please Did watch you know? it. Please, Did for the love know? of God, watch it. <laughs> and I will say House of Dragon, um, It some of the, like when, what's his name? God, and those names too. Damon? Patty Considine, whatever that dude's dragon name is. When he looks out the window, it looks like a Windows 95 screensaver sometimes. And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> I don't know you guys. Maybe less on Listen, the dragons, more in the I, settings. Are we a lot? Can we talk about, pa- can we talk about a sap, sap myth a little bit? Can we? I don't know are what we allowed, you're talking about. You know, Aaron and I are not allowed to talk about Matt Smith. Oh, no. You've been given day passes for House of the Dragon. Okay, listen. I We're very into him. Like, he's okay. very sexy. I will say this. And very effeminate, which I realize I'm very into. I like that a lot. Okay. You've evolved a lot over the course of this show. I'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. This says people can't change. Chris Pine <laughs> looks like a middle-aged woman. I'm into that. I'm, I think I'm into feminine men now. I feel like, like Chris Pine... His uh, talk show aimed at middle-aged women follows Kelly Clarkson's, you know, and I would watch it and I would listen to it. It would be so good. <laughs> right. But yep. he, I didn't, I didn't like him in the first episode. Um, he is, he is growing up. The more he's becoming a little stinker, just a big stinker in the show, I yeah. really like him. So he's growing on me a little bit. And I wasn't prepared for, it's like, it's funny when you come back to this world and you're like, oh yeah, women don't have any rights and men suck all the way. Like, all the way like yeah. men's like so bad and it's hard to know like you're like is he being incestuous towards her or no is he being like what's their vibe like is this about power like i like that i like the mystery of i don't know what's gonna i don't know which family member's gonna sleep which which other family member. see i think this is good because if nothing else you've learned we've learned two things from this episode if another dude sack taps another dude it's probably in a cool way and right. if someone in game of thrones wants to sleep with someone it's probably in an incestuous way that's just yeah. a fact that's no, just kind of how it goes it's, it's a yeah. fact it is um okay let's go to uh Dead Alive, the kind of newish category we wanted to play, especially because uh, recently, I guess in the last week, Stacey Dash um, unfortunately <laughs> found out that DMX passed away uh, 17 months ago from a cocaine overdose. <laughs> and I'm not trying to make light of that, but uh, she released a TikTok. And uh, look, it just <laughs> it just felt like I want to talk about how I've been sober for a little bit. So I'm going to shoehorn this in here. So good for people with addiction issues overcoming that. That's awesome. This felt a little dramatic because it opens with her crying. And Listen, when actors cry or influencers cry, I'm always like, mm, suspicious. <laughs> On I don't camera. like it. Yeah. So Stacey Dash is, she was Dion Davenport in Clueless. Uh, she shares this emotional clip uh, talking about how I'm ashamed. I didn't know DMX died. I didn't know from a cocaine overdose. Um, he had a heart attack that was induced by cocaine. He said, I am today six years and one month clean. And it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that he lost to it. He lost. He lost that. It does feel like, like if I were like, uh, man, I just found out that uh, that Chris Farley died. And yeah. man, y'all, he, he struggled with demons. I struggle with demons. It, no, it, it, does, it, it feels like, y'all, I just, I just watched Tiger King. And I also <laughs> owned exotic animals and sometimes sexualized them. But I'm not about that life anymore. So I just want all y'all to quit that demon, you know? Also, like, <laughs> DMX, like the idea, because if you're thinking, well, maybe she just didn't follow the news. Yes, I get where she was a commentator. They probably didn't do full coverage on DMX dying. Right, right. But DMX, like, 
you have to understand, like, he revolutionized rap. He he had uh, the first five studio albums ever debut at number one. Like, he was an icon. Like, truly, platinum albums, he was an icon. So everyone was talking about his death when he died. Like, sure. everybody. And so the fact that you, I don't believe that she missed it. I'm going to be honest with you. Wow. Okay. I know. But I also, I listen, as somebody who has family members who have struggled with addiction, I also appreciate her sharing her story. I just wish she could have done it where she was like, hey, guys. I, I don't know if I've ever told you, but I'm sober. For, I just think she could have gone into it without making it an emotional attachment to DMX. Yeah. You know? Or just like I went to download DMX's new music and I remembered that he's dead. That's, you know, and you think Knox is mocking. No, that's exactly how it happened. She was <laughs> downloading a song that really made her feel better. She in the caption, it said, um, uh, I was looking for one of DMX's songs that previously saved me. Many times. Man. And that's how she learned. Weird fact about DMX. Did you know that he died without a will and it is still caught up in court because DMX did father 17 children while he was on earth? Yeah, that is that is complicated. Listen, L- luckily, thanks to this year's The Bachelorette uh, season, I was so bored and sad during one episode that I updated and made an official will. So, uh, you know, that's <laughs> just like the things we got to do. Thank you, Grabby. Look what you've done for yeah, us. Thanks, Jesse Palmer. <laughs> um, but so uh, for me... When we're talking about this aspect of the show, uh, we said this felt like the most Aaron thing ever to just not realize someone famous <laughs> was dead. Wow. Uh, okay. So we wanted to turn you know to Aaron. True. You know that's true. <laughs> we wanted to, to put Aaron to the test with some dead or alive. Oh, lives. yay. Um, okay. So, Aaron, mm-hmm. I just have a, a, a big list of celebrities who may or may not be dead or alive. Okay. You just okay. got to guess. Okay. okay. Um, we'll start easy. We'll start slow. Okay. All 48 of the pigs who appeared in Babe 2 Pig in the City. Are they dead or alive? Dead. It's very good. Dead. You know they didn't get Thank butchered. You. People, There's an urban legend that they got butchered as soon as the movie ended, but they did. Why they wouldn't were... they serve them at the cast party? Well, that would be really fun. First of all, no. <laughs> terrible, Jamie. Secondly, uh, the way they explained it was like, no, they specifically got sent to places where they wouldn't get butchered, which made me think, I think they got butchered, actually. I, because think, that's they got, <laughs> I think they got died. You're being too specific. That's like yeah. a Maddie C. Fresh way of describing something. You know what I mean? Um, okay. Next up, Betty White. Is Betty White dead or alive? Dead. That's right. That's right. Very that good. That was easy. Very that good. was also easy. We're starting slow. I'm, we're starting slow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're easing into oh, okay. it. Okay. Okay. Uh, Reginald Vell Johnson, a.k.a. Carl Winslow from Family Matters. Alive. How confident are you about that? Like 90%. Very confident. You're very yeah. correct. Very well done. That's right. Yay. See, I'm not bad at this. Alan Arkin, a.k.a. the grandpa from Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, Alan Arkin is alive. He is alive. Very good. I that didn't get that good. one. I thought he was dead. Oh, he looked like impressive. an iguana in Little Miss Sunshine. I don't know how he's still alive. <laughs> um, Dustin Diamond. Screech from Stay by the Bell. He is dead. He is dead. dead. He is dead. Yeah. That's you correct. You said that with a little too much joy. I'm going to be honest with you. I just, I don't want to jinx Aaron, but she's, uh, she's 100% right now. So yeah. don't, don't know a perfect game. When are the hard ones going to start? Oh. oh! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thora Birch from Hocus Pocus and American Beauty. Thora Birch. She- she is alive. She is alive. She is alive. Uh, Bernie Mac, comedian. Bernie Mac from Ocean's Eleven, Twelve. He has sadly passed. He has passed. That is correct. Um, the guy who played Wilson on Home Improvement is he dead or alive? He has also sadly passed. He has sadly passed. He has sadly passed. Yeah. The guy who played Al Richard Korn on Home Improvement. Oh, he's alive. He is alive. Finally, Patrick You're- Duffy. Oh, Patrick okay. Duffy. Who's that? Uh, he was on Dallas and he was on Step by Step. God, you don't even know the cast of Dallas. You're from Texas. 
Uh, I'm going to say, God, okay, this one might With the perfect me. game on the line here. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to say he is dead. Oh, she choked it. She, no! lost, she lost it with two outs in the ninth. Oh. <laughs> That's so good, though. I'm impressed. I'm very impressed, Aaron. You know what is weird? You know, you you picked enough people that are just obscure enough that Aaron would still follow their uh, their comings and goings. Sure, I don't. Sure. I still don't know who that other guy is. Uh, pa- the Patrick guy, Patrick Duffy. He was yeah. the younger brother of Jr. on Dallas. That means nothing to me. He right? Was, am I right? Was, am I making that up? Uh, I'm so young. Step by step, Suzanne Summers' so new, new dad. Or new, oh new, yeah, I remember not him. Not new dad, new oh, husband. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, that's Patrick <laughs> Duffy. Dad. Actually, he has he has a cameo right now. Him, uh, Richard Karn, and Patrick Duffy have a cameo. Oh my um, gosh, I should get oh, wait, Richard Karn to do Richard my, a Karn cameo for my dad. Richard Karn is more than Patrick Duffy for sure. Um, do you guys want to guess specific prices? Cameo close to the pin. Specific okay. prices on Richard Karn, who played Al Borland on Home Improvement. Patrick Duffy, who was in Dallas. Aaron is not seen. And he was on Step okay. by Step. We do this every single week on the Over Underachievers. It's my favorite thing in the world because I feel like you can tell you so much about someone on okay. how to guess cameo. Al again. is $200. I'm saying $90 for Al. Okay. And then Patrick Duffy is $125. I'm saying $110 for Patrick Duffy. Okay. I think Aaron got both. Aaron did get Yes! Al Borland, uh, a.k.a. Richard Karn, is $100. Oh, no. Al. Patrick Duffy can be had for $75. For $75 Al. right now. Wow, we both have our apologies to them and their families. You know what it is, Jamie? Way over. You're too much of a West Coast elite now. You know, you're That's running with true. the big dogs. That's you, true. You don't know these like little she nobodies. She has sources now. You I know what I mean? Now. Yeah. yeah, like it's you don't fair. know. Patrick Duffy, who cares what his cameo is? You know what I mean? I'm having lunch with like Jay Leno or whatever, you know? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, that's our conversation on The More You Know. Uh, if you thought some things on our thoughts and opinions, please let us know on com slash 470. All right, Jamie, you want to do some lights? <gasps> Let's do some lights. All right, what is your red light this week? My red light this week is my television. Okay, you had made fun of me for a long time, and listeners have made fun of me for a long time because I had a 40-inch TV. That's right. That's the biggest TV I've ever owned in my life. And as I'm moving into this new house, I ordered a new TV, and it is 65 inches big. And let me tell you, every tradesperson that comes and helps me with my house makes fun of the size of that TV, including show friend of me, Catherine, who's helping me with the house. They're like, that TV is too too big except the painter the painter was like no you'll this is what you'll want you'll think 55 inches is what you should have got but then you'll net everybody buys a tv smaller than they should get they should always get one bit one step higher and people have been judging me for the size of my tv because also they're like how could you build a room like all the designer people are like don't build a room around a tv yeah do you do you understand what paid for this house uh the television like the bachelorette paid for this house. Listen, so I know it doesn't match the aesthetic and, and, and a room does look better without a TV. But unfortunately, that's just like how I live my life and how I make my money. So I got to have that's, a TV. That's how we live. So please, I would like to red light to all you people who are like, oh, my God, you're not going to you're not going to put a TV in there, are you? You're not going to put a TV over that. Y'all are preemptively being like, don't put a TV over the fireplace. Uh, B, that's where it's going. <laughs> like, and it is huge. So get on board. Get on board. Okay, what's your red light? Uh, my red light is that Nicole Kidman, her AMC ad, uh, it was announced as getting a sequel. That, and that's a red light? It's a, it's a red light because I thought we'd lock this down. I thought we locked down a trilogy of these commercials. I didn't realize oh. it was hanging in the balance. I didn't understand like it, why it was treated like a surprise uh, that w- we only were going to get one. 
like Nicole Kidman preview palette cleanser before we got to the magic of the movies, like that was ever in doubt. I'm glad we're getting a sequel. Honestly, I think we should have a trilogy. I think we should have a double trilogy, a triple trilogy. I don't know why she should make anything else besides these commercials right now. Why can't she make a limited series on Peacock where she just goes to the movies and tells us how great they are? I also liked how people were confused because Billy Ray, the uh, the screenwriter, is going to do the next movie or the, do the next commercial. And people thought this was Billy Ray Cyrus, who those are two very different people. <laughs> One did The Hunger Games. Okay. One did okay. Miley Cyrus. One made Miley Cyrus, you know? So it's just like completely different. Don't Nicole Kidman and Billy Ray Cyrus live in the same neighborhood in Nashville? You would know more than me. Why can't, you would know why more than me. That's right. And why can't he write that? Why can't he write that for her? I would also like to see that version. I just, I think as a, as a generation, when we go to the movies now, we know three things we need to be reminded of every okay. single time. We, we come, come to this place for magic. Dazzling <laughs> images on a huge, huge screen. screen. Somehow, heartbreak, heartbreak feels good, good in a place like this. <laughs> And if we don't get that, what are we even doing, Jamie? What are we doing? Hat tip to you. Listen, sack tip to you that you (laughs) you. have nailed that. (laughs) Sack tip. (laughs) That you have learned. You really nailed your uh, Australian accent. I'm very proud of you. That's pretty good. I I, I was just really upset by that. Um, What is your uh, green light this week? Okay, so my green light this week, as a reminder, in our Smooch Mary Kill, I mentioned the book Fairy Tale by Stephen King. It is a green light. It came out this week. So that's just a, a, like, that's a bonus. Um, okay, so I have a really depressing sad green light and a happy one. Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. So the depressing one, and look, Aaron has something to do with this because Aaron and I, we are both feelings repressed in the Enneagram. And so we both hack our crying. Now she watches things like Queer Eye, that the joy is so overwhelming that she tears up and she's able to cry. I like to watch super depressing things or experience it and so i'm going to recommend a podcast and normally we say don't listen to podcasts but this one's only four episodes total it's a nice melancholy uh, autumnal moment because it's from canada where they say autumn so it's called sorry about the kid <laughs> it's as bad as you think it's gonna oh be. my gosh, <laughs> gosh jamie so alex mckinnon who is now in his 40s he's the host and when he was 10 years old his older brother 14 year old paul was killed by a speeding police car which is a tragic unexpected death right and so this four episodes is really him doing this kind of emotional investigation of his grief because he realizes he can remember everything about his death but he doesn't always remember things prior to that and so he's trying to really conjure up like how what do you do when trauma and memory collide and it's actually so beautiful and i cried first episode out of the gate I hacked my crying. I was like, this is perfect. I just, this is so bad. So if you're somebody who, particularly if you've ever experienced a loss that really felt like it defined you, I found this to be very, very therapeutic. And then the happy thing is a stand-up special that's new on Netflix, which is Sam Morell, who did Same Time Tomorrow. You may not know who he is as a stand-up, but if you saw The Joker, (laughs) it's his voice telling jokes from his own act as Joaquin is waiting to take the stage at the open mic night. This special, listen, nobody comes out of this unscathed. He even says in the middle of the special, he's like, should I call this special 9-11 abortion holocaust? Listen, but here's the difference. Because there's a lot of comedians, particularly in the last, I would say, year, that have been like, what, you going to cancel me? And if they're just not funny enough to be that way, he goes after everybody. He makes fun of everything in a way that is genuinely funny and not cancel worthy. He goes after Dave Chappelle, which I really loved. He also makes a trans joke that is super funny. And I, that's how I learned about the special was because 
somebody somebody said, well, this is the best trans joke that we've been waiting for. It was so good. It was so on point and perfect and not, you know, not something you would cancel over. It was a fantastic special. It actually prompted me to go watch all of his other specials because I liked it that much. So those are my two green lights. What is your green light? My green light is a book um, I've I read a couple weeks ago, and it is called The Great Glorious Damn of It All by Josh Ritter. And uh, it is uh, told from the perspective of a 99-year-old man named Weldon Applegate. And the book's basically uh, a recounting of his life, uh, Big Fish style. If you've ever seen Big Fish, it's oh, this, yeah. it's like this uh, book format. Um, uh, some of the stories, some of the chapters, they feel uh, vaguely tall tale-ish, I guess. Um, okay. But uh, I found that this kind of format gives the book so much charm as it uh, includes lumberjacks, murder, bootlegging avalanches and like quietly magical characters you know like not like yeah. the whole the whole vibe is magic she's like you know that's darlene she runs the counter she can also do some magic and fortune telling but it's not a big deal you know don't be like don't be weird about it um but uh, weldon mostly spends the book telling us uh about his time as a kid trying to keep his family's inherited timber claim uh it's called the it's the fabled lost lot where everyone uh, who's ever tried to um uh, i guess domesticate it ends up dying uh but mostly he has to go toe-to-toe with uh this I don't know, kind of uh, whimsically monstrous villain named Lyndon Laughlin, uh, who's so well written. Uh, but I, I absolutely love this book. I read it. I didn't listen to it. I, I loved it for the characters, loved it for the story and the setting, but also the prose. The prose is so good. Sometimes I think, especially with fiction writing, prose can either get in the way of a good story or there's so little of it. It just feels like plot delivery mechanism you know but yeah. this man when it got a second to breathe and like josh Ritter really got to write like it really kicks up a scene and a setting and a feeling and a vibe um and i'm finding that i'm reading a couple of or one other josh Ritter's books and it's the same kind of deal there um so i highly recommend everybody checking this out listen i looked this up because one the cover is gorgeous it like is. i love it and then second i was like is it the josh Ritter the singer as a joke and it is josh Ritter the singer songwriter is it really who- what is i didn't know he was a singer it is. I know. And I know him as a singer-songwriter, so I love that. That's, that makes sense that he would write like that because that's what his songs kind of – what their vibe is. Honestly, I'm going to think about on green lighting it because it's not cool. Someone's an awesome singer and an awesome writer. That's kind of annoying. Oh, yeah. I don't like that. That's not okay. So red light yeah. to that. That's annoying, but green light to this book. I think people will love it. <laughs> um, okay. That's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. And before you remember any time you do any shopping on Amazon, you go to Amazon.com slash shop slash the podcast first so you purchase our link our favorite item purchased using that link this week was jamie this is a tool it's a very handy tool it's called a cat hair remover so when you put it in the, for those who don't know in the rundown that we build that knox builds for the show he picks the amazon item and he puts it in with a link so that i can then go find the goodness right but he just wrote cat hair remover and i literally thought this was an air for cats mm. like before i clicked on it <laughs> yeah I, I was like who would want a hairless cat but it's not it is a uh uh, it is the number one bestseller in commercial lint removers in the world. It has 11,000 ratings, 4.2 stars. Uh, my favorite was the one star. Brooke Sly, very disappointed in this, pro- this product. One star. I have two things that are relevant to this item. The first is a mixed breed dog with mostly white coat. And second is a 2021 Subaru Crosstrek with a black interior. I bought this item to get his short bristly hairs out of the upholstery where they almost weave themselves in, requiring an endless tedious process to pull each one out (laughs) one by one. 
His, his shed has defeated my home vacuum, the big vacuum, multiple lint rollers, the tape hand trick, all sorts of tools, and this one failed too. Maybe get rid of your uh, mixed breed dog with white coat. God, that's a lot of work. All right, you guys, I'm Jamie Golden. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jamie B. Golden. I'm Max Coy. You can find me on the socials at Max McCoy. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys.